Lord, your word says that you are the ancient of days. Lord, and even before time, you were. And you, the ancient of days, decided to become man and take on the form of natural birth as a new infant boy so that we can have new life and a new birth in you. Lord, that is something that we want to celebrate this morning. That is what we adore you for. Let's give God a praise that will lift this roof this morning. God, we thank you. Let's praise God. We thank you. We honor you. We worship you with everything in us this morning because of what you have done, Father. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your hope, the light that you are. Thank you that we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And on this day, Father, we consider that. We don't just celebrate a warm, beautiful story of a baby boy in a manger. We celebrate the arrival of the kingdom of God on earth. And we honor you for that this morning. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you to the worship team for leading us so powerfully this morning. I want to share a brief word with us this morning to encourage us on this special day. And um, over the past three weeks, we've been talking about a sky full of stars. And uh, what that means in today's world is that there are so many things for us as people that could take our attention, that could pull our attention, that could be the sky and our star that we dedicate our lives to and focus on. But during this Christmas season, we've been looking at the story of the three wise men. And the brightest star that they found in the skies was the one of Jesus Christ that appeared and was leading them to Jesus. And this morning, I want to ask the question again as part of our series, what shines brightest to you? If you look back at the year of 2016, what shines brightest? Has it been your victories, your successes and work? Maybe you've had a very challenging year, and that's the one thing that stands out when you look back on 2016, the difficulty that you've been facing. Maybe it's been a year of loss and grief, and that is what shines brightest in your life this morning. But I believe if we, like the wise men, would seek after Jesus Christ, that His light and His love and His hope could actually be brightened and all the other things we face in this world. Wouldn't you agree with me that, about that this morning? So this morning, we're going to continue our story. And last week, the, the last two weeks, we, the, we, we said that the story about the wise men started with a quest for a true king. That there's been rumors about the king of the Jews that would arrive. And the king in that day and age, King Herod, wasn't the king of the Jews. There was still a true king to come. Last week, we were talking about the coming of a divine kingdom. That the birth of Jesus Christ wasn't just a pretty story about a baby boy being birth so that one day he could save us with his birth came his salvation his joy his care everything that we need and we receive from him as gifts and this morning we're going to conclude our christmas series by talking about the desire for an incomparable treasure that these wise men had a desire in their hearts for something that is unmatched incomparable to anything else unfathomed never seen before never discovered before and we're going to read together out of Matthew chapter 2, the story of the wise men, one last time. So if you've got your Bibles here, turn with me to the story of Matthew chapter 2 as we read. And then I'm going to share three quick thoughts with you this morning. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem 
saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them whether Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Listening, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, like we did this morning in our worship. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, and they fell down, and they worshipped him, and they adored him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask once again, as we open your word and we study the message of Christmas this morning, Father, that you would reveal to us your truth, which stands strong, Lord, and that you will bring life to each one of us. I pray that you will use me in a way that is honoring to you and in a way that will bring life to each one of us together here this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. The quest or the desire for incomparable treasure. These wise men had quite a lot of treasure in their lives already. The Bible said that they didn't give God just gifts, they opened up their treasury, they were carrying around with them their precious things, but they had a desire for something far greater than what we can receive here on earth. Who of you little ones received any gifts last night or this morning? Any kids got some gifts? Any adults got some gifts? Put your hands up high. So if you don't know me, my name is Pierre, if you're a visitor here this morning. And this is officially the first time that I'm wearing a bow tie. Because this was my Christmas gift last night. <laughs> and I was told by Alika, my little girl who gave it to me this morning, that daddy better wear that Christmas gift to church this morning. So... 2017 is going to be the year of the bow tie, all right? Vision Sunday ahead of time. Okay, all the men, get ready, get your ties out. We're going to wear suits, and dust, and all the nice things, schoene politur, and so on. But gift is an interesting thing, because this is a season of giving. We all say it, even the world says it. It's a time to give, it's a time to receive. But I want to study this morning the, the three wise men's hearts towards their own treasure. The Bible says in Haggai 2 that Jesus is the desire of all nations. So every single nation of the world and every single people in that nation of the world has a desire for a treasure that can only be found in Jesus Christ. The day that Jesus created each one of us and God put you together inside you, he has placed a God-given desire for him. And the Bible says that all the world has a desire for Jesus. And these three wise men showed that to us. We discovered on the first Sunday of our series that they weren't Christians of that age. They weren't part of the Israelites. They were foreigners. They were part of what was then called the Gentiles. They were from probably Persia or one of the other eastern 
nations. We weren't sure. But they were coming because the news of Jesus and the desire for a treasure in Jesus Christ has already spread all around the world. And these three wise men said, we have all this treasure, but there's an incomparable treasure that we're going to look for. And the question to us this morning is, do we have that heart before God? To say, Lord, even if I have everything in this world, nothing would suffice unless I have the fullness of you in my life. Even though I can write down all the successes of this year, even though I know all the plans I have for next year, if I reach every one of my dreams, I don't desire anything greater than you. And that's what the psalmist says, that there's nothing on earth I have but you. No greater desire have I in my life but you. And we understand here for a minute that they took from their treasure and they said, we want to give our treasure away to a treasure that's much greater. And then we get to realize by giving their treasures to Christ, the wise men were saying, you are our desire and not these things. Isn't that amazing? Yes, they were celebrating him as king, as the high priest, as, as the final sacrifice. And we're going to find that out in a minute. But they were saying, God, if, if I have to choose between what I have and, and you, it's a no-go. This is it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. If I have to forfeit everything, and the Bible says, I will lose my life so that I can find it in you. And that's really the message of Christmas. That was the message that these three wise men taught us and saying, lay down the treasure that you hold on to and seek an incomparable, unequaled treasure that we can only find in Jesus Christ. The amazing thing about these treasures that they gave him, gold, frank incense, and myrrh, is that it was speaking about the attributes or the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Each one of these had a very specific use in, in the day and age that they were in. We don't use frank incense that, more, that, that much or that often. I think Frank uses some frank incense. But other than that, there's not a lot of that around. You might find some in a perfume. Myrrh, I don't know. I've never seen it, never smelled it. I don't know where to find it. Gold, we're a little bit accustomed to, although in today's time and age, it's very hard to find and acquire gold. It's been, been very expensive but each one of these things describes something about Jesus. And we're going to discover that. In them giving Jesus the gold, they were saying, Jesus, you are our king. Gold, one of the precious metals of this earth, has been used through generations in establishing kingdoms and putting the mark of kingship on someone. The golden crown, the golden ring, the golden thrones. And they were saying, we're going to give this treasure that we have of gold to you because we recognize you as king. And in this moment, the words of Jesus much later, when he was at trial before Pontius Pilate, bring so much life to us this morning when Jesus says, my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose, I was born. Jesus was born to be a king from the very beginning. And these three wise men understood it and they grasped it and they said, we're going to lavish him with gold because that's the worth that we put on a king. So my question to you this morning, if Jesus Christ is king of your life, what is your goal that you're going to say, God, you know what? I've been hanging on to this for so long. I actually want to let it go so I can celebrate you more. I'm, I'm willing to let my treasure become your treasure because the treasure in you is far greater than the world's gold. The second thing we find is 
They, they gave him frankincense. Now, frankincense is an interesting thing because the, the high priest and the priests of the Israelites historically used frankincense during their times of making offerings to God. Before the cross, before the arrival of Jesus Christ and the salvation in Jesus, the Israelites had to make sacrifices to God for the atonement of their sins. And one of the offerings was called the meat offering. And in the meat offering, they burned frankincense. And here they are and they're saying, you know what, Jesus, we, we're going to give you frankincense because we realize that you are our high priest. That you aren't just a king, but you're coming and you're going to do something much more powerful that no other king of this world can do. And we read, and I'm going to read for you out of Hebrews chapter 4 and 5, a few verses about Jesus being our high priest. And it says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. The high priest, this is what they did. They made sacrifices so that the people's sins could be forgiven. And no one takes this honor of a high priest for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are the priest forever. The gift of frankincense reminds us this morning that Jesus came to make the final sacrifice and pay the final price. That's why we can sing songs like this boldly and say, you came to take the sin and shame of this world. And we understand, and I love that the words of that one song, it says, we won't ever understand the sacrifice you made, God becoming man, so that you can remove our sins. So frankincense reminded us, and these wise men, although they didn't know the full story yet, had something in their heart that says, I desire to know Jesus because he's going to be the one that's going to clean my slate and put me into a right standing relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? What I also love about frankincense, it brings an aroma. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, but thanks be to God who, Christ, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Isn't that a powerful promise to you this morning? Let's give thanks to God. He will always lead you in triumph. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved. How do you offer to Christ the gift of frankincense? It's to be the aroma of Christ to this world. To say, God, I want people to look at me in my life and say, that is amazing, that is attractive, that is powerful and beautiful. So like the gift of gold and our treasures that we lay down for Jesus, we can offer to him this morning the gift of frankincense by being the aroma of Christ for salvation to everyone who believed. And then the last gift, and the worship team, you can come and join me on stage as we conclude this morning, is the gift of myrrh. And myrrh was used for the embalmment of dead bodies, to preserve the dead bodies in that day and age. And what they were doing is they were recognizing Jesus as their atonement. 
They were recognizing and prophetically saying, we're going to give you myrrh because one day you are going to die. And we are anointing you with this oil called myrrh because that's what they used in that time. Because we recognize that you are going to be the final price and the atonement for our sins. So the gift of myrrh reminds us this morning that it is truly the Savior who was born. It is truly the only ever Savior who was born. It is truly the only kingdom that will keep growing and changing. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're doubting that. My prayer is that you will find out that there's no other story like this around the world. That this baby boy, the ancient of days, who took on the form of man and died, into not died but became human and then died later on the cross, has risen again. And these wise men anointed him as their savior ahead of time by giving them, by giving him the gift of myrrh. The Bible says in 1 John, 1 John 2, 2, I'm going to try Pete's trick this morning. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. How can we celebrate like the wise men with the gift of myrrh this morning? Simply by saying, God, you know what? There's a lot of me that is not good. But you've paid the price, and I don't want that ever to be in vain. So I come to you this morning and say, be my atonement. Forgive me for my sins. I honor you for that. I praise you for that. And that is the incomparable treasure we find in Jesus Christ on this morning. That he's our king. That he's our high priest. And he's our atonement. The gifts of the wise men were intensifiers of the desire for Christ and acknowledged acknowledgement of the king, high priest, and atonement we find in Jesus Christ. They desired him so much that I said, we recognize you as king, frankincense as high priest, and myrrh as our atonement, but we're gonna give this down because our desire aren't for these things. Our desire actually is for you. And then my concluding thought this morning, the joy that I pursue comes not from things, but from you. Can we all say that this morning? Let's say it out loud. The joy that I pursue comes not from things, but from you. These wise men probably collected their treasures over a course of time, very costly. They acquired it in different ways and means. But when they encountered Jesus, they said, this doesn't bring me that much joy. I'd rather find you. And that's the gospel message of Christmas morning to all of us this morning. Let's close our eyes as we pray. Lord, we thank you that there truly is no greater gift than you, the Savior of the world, King of the earth. The baby boy who became man so that we can be saved. Lord, we want to say this and we want to make this to Christmas that we say, Lord, there's nothing we pursue greater on this earth but you in our lives. Because in you alone, we have everything we need. In you, Father, you will lead us with triumph. In you, Father, our our slate is clean. We are forgiven and we are near you, Father. 
So this morning, we want to offer to you our gifts. We don't want to be on a receiving end. We want to say, God, we lay down everything for you. Our treasures, the things that we hold on to, we say, God, it belongs to you. Your word said it is from you. It's never ours to start out with. So you be the king over our, our treasure. Lord, secondly, we want to say, Father, that you are our high priest, but we want to be the aroma of Christ's salvation to this world. Because the world out there is desiring you, and unless we go and tell about you, that desire will never be satisfied. So let us be the fragrance of Jesus to this world. And finally, Lord, we say that we want to honor you and thank you for the price that you have paid and for giving our sins. And again, we accept the gift of salvation this morning. And if you've never done that, if you've never said, Jesus Christ, I want to accept your gift of salvation. I want you to be my atonement. I want you to be setting my relationship with God in a rightful place. It is never too late to make that prayer the prayer of your life. And this morning on Christmas Day 2016, you have an opportunity to say, God, like the wise men, I'm going to leave the things that I'm used to. I'm going to leave the things that I hang on to. I'm going to find something that is incomparable, can compare to none. Maybe that's you this morning. And all I want to encourage you with is to actually just pray. You know what? God doesn't want us to pray with perfect words. You can just say, God, here I am. I take my life. I want to follow you. And this morning, we're going to respond to the gospel message of Jesus Christ by partaking in the best feast ever. Celebrating our Savior Jesus Christ's death on the cross through taking part of communion. I'm going to invite Pete to lead us in communion this morning. And if you, here this morning, for the first time have said that I want to follow Jesus, listen to the words from the Word of God that Peter's going to share with us. But the communion is acknowledging Jesus Christ's death so that you can have life. And we want to celebrate that this morning. For this purpose, Jesus said, I was born. To be the king, but to be the sacrifice and the atonement for everyone. Amen. You know what's so beautiful to me about communion is that communion is, is almost shows us that we, all of us, the kids, the adults, the grannies, the grandpas, we can have a personal relationship with Christ. And that at this time of communion, this is what God says. He says, I'm, I'm going to give you my body and my blood that no longer you have to come through Pierre with his smart bow tie. You can come on your own to me. That you can have your own relationship with the Most High King. And if you this morning, you said on Christmas Day, I, Jesus, I want you in my life. This is probably the best thing you can do first. Is to share a meal with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I know that this morning, some of you, Christmas is a hard time. Some of you, it's an incredibly joyful time. But you know what's amazing about a feast table is that it's for everybody. And that everybody is welcome here this morning. And that Jesus has set the table for you. And all he's asking for you is that you come, you enjoy it, you partake with him. And he wants to share that meal with you this morning. So I'm going to read the scriptures. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 11. 
For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. This morning, God promises this. He says, this is my body, this is my blood. Take this. It's the new covenant. And what he's saying is that new covenant is a personal relationship with me. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be with me. And this morning, that's the invitation. Is As you take communion, I want you to take it as a family. If you're here on your own, find somebody. Nobody should have communion on their own today. That's a rule. And I'm going to say to you, pray for one another. Break that bread. Drink that cup in remembrance of Jesus because he says, do this in remembrance of me until I come again. So as the worship team plays, I'd love one of the parents, one of the adults to come and grab some, some, uh, a chunk of bread and some, 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 wine, uh, some juice. And we're going to share it as a family and enjoy this worship moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Kate, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, just for your, your body that was, was broken for us, Father God, for your blood that was shed for us, Lord Jesus. And this morning, Father God, as, as we share in communion, Father God, we thank you. The greatest gift of all was you. The most incredible gift of all was you. And that, Father God, our response is simple. We come to you and we say, be with us, be in us, be us, Father God. Take our lives, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, as we share communion, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that remembrance of who you are, that celebration of who you are would be exactly what we need it to be.